um, we realize that the future of a community is not around its vehicles. And so consequently, we want to find public transportation directly or, or very close to our sites. Convenient, reliable, high-frequency public transportation, it's helping drive economic growth. I'm Laura Whitley. In this episode of The Next Stop, how Metro's transit network is attracting developers from the other side of the globe, as well as longtime Houstonians who are ready to trade long commutes for walkability. The Next Stop. The Next Stop. The Next Stop. Metro's podcast. Increasingly, living close to public transit is a serious selling point in Houston's real estate market. You can see it in the stats. Property values within a mile of the three live rail lines rose about 31% from 2014 to 2017, and 65,000 people now live in the greater downtown area, and more are coming. Some will soon call the first high-rise ever built in Midtown home. Caden USA, a company based in Melbourne, Australia, is developing that site. We're here now with Derek LaRue, the Chief Operations Officer from Caden USA. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for the invitation. Happy to be here. So we're actually recording this interview in the mock-up unit for the new property that's uh, being built right now in Midtown. And tell me a little bit about it. Yeah, so we're here at 2850 Fannin. Uh, This will be the first high-rise residential product in Midtown. Uh, With 357 units of multifamily offering, we're very excited to bring a very modern taste of interior design and architecture to Midtown. Um, With a little bit of Melbourneian flair from our roots in Melbourne, uh, we hope that this is a, a really interesting product for the residents here. So Mel, you mentioned Melbourne and Melburnian. That's not a, a term you hear often. Tell me a little bit about the company. Right. So, so Caden USA comes from Melbourne, Australia. Um, over 17 years uh, ago, the company was started in Melbourne and we became the largest private developer in Melbourne, Australia. About three years ago, we came to the United States on an expansion tour and looked around and really, quite frankly, fell in love with this site here in Midtown. Um, we've been here in the U.S. about three years now and we're active here in the Houston area as well as Seattle, Los uh, Los Angeles and San Diego. And so this property really, uh, the location jumped out at Caden, um, kind of nestled between two major employment hubs of downtown and the medical center, uh, directly adjacent to the Metro Rail, uh, right across the street from the Midtown Park, and really in one of the few truly walkable areas of Midtown, uh, it checked a lot of boxes for that, which uh, Caden looks for. And that's pretty exciting to think a company really located halfway around the world uh, chooses right here in in Midtown Houston, Texas. Absolutely. There are a lot of wonderful things about Houston um, from a development standpoint, but then also from a cultural and community standpoint. Um, When when Joe Russell, the founder of the company, came here to the U.S., really fell in love with Houston's pro-business atmosphere, but more importantly, the people. Um, Really loved the honesty and the open nature in which he was able to conduct business and really have a great opportunity to talk with people and be embraced by the community. Um, and, And really enjoyed the walkable lifestyle of Midtown. That was one of the first clues that this was a place we wanted to be long-term. Um, the opportunity between the bars and restaurants and lifestyle offerings, the Match Theater, the Metro Rail, the, the Midtown Park, it really does create a community lifestyle that can't be duplicated. You've mentioned uh, Metro Rail a couple times now in your comments. Tell me about uh, 
how that option, that availability to transit played a decision in developing this site? Absolutely. Um, it's, it's one of the very high level uh, factors that we look for in a site. As, as we see not only a shift in the generational lifestyle, but also a dramatic increase in the cost of owning and operating vehicles, um, we realize that the future of a community is not around its vehicles. And so consequently, we want to find public transportation directly or, or very close to our sites. And so the Metro Rail, with one stop away from where we are right now, was a fantastic uh, opportunity for us to maximize that. It's a, it's a concept that in Melbourne is, is very normal. Uh, with a very dense urbanized, urbanized area, it, it really is a necessity for the generation that's coming in a lot of these cities. Houston's a bit behind in that concept, but they're working towards it. And I think the, uh, the transit-oriented development that'll follow will be a big factor in how Houston grows in the future. Well, in the, in the population projections uh, for what's going to happen in Houston over the next uh, 40 years, you know, definitely. Absolutely. Absolutely. With the growing population we have here, not only in the in the larger Houston area, Midtown has doubled in size in the last six years. And so as we redensify inside the loop, it only stands to reason and logic that we would then come back in and focus on transportation. Um, eventually, we cannot build enough roadways to move the people we need to. And that's really where, in my opinion, uh, transit-oriented development can come in and help. Um, Houston has a great opportunity with the light rail that, that we are only now, I think, realizing as developers how to maximize. Now, you develop projects you mentioned all over the world and, and other places here in the United States. I think you mentioned Seattle. Mm-hmm. Seattle has a, a, a pretty robust public transit system. How uh, important is that access as you all are choosing developments and looking at where you're going to locate your next project? Outside of employment hubs, it's probably the second or third largest factor we look at. Um, as lifestyle changes, um, people don't want to be burdened by a vehicle, either with the cost or the upkeep or just the simple management of it. And so we're finding that in these dense urban areas where communities have really embraced things like Bird and Lyft and Uber and all these alternative transportation methods, that public transportation is the backbone of all of that. And so we look for that in almost every acquisition we do. That's really exciting to hear. And, and, and it's, a, it's a multimodal approach is really what we're talking about. Absolutely. I, I think that for the uh, the heavy lifting, so to speak, uh, public transportation will always be the backbone, but it is multi, multimodal. And what's interesting is it's embraced. Um, there there has not been a very long adoption period for a lot of these folks to in the major metropolitan areas to be totally comfortable with these opportunities. How do you picture this neighborhood in the next 10 to 20 years? That's a great question. I think there's a really unique opportunity for Midtown to grow into a unique community. Uh, The walkable nature, the bars, the restaurants, the lifestyle that's already here that can be improved upon, I think is really unique. the other, the other concept that I think can't be overlooked is the fact that we are two or three stops away from downtown and the medical center and access to employment hubs and event space, uh, the match theater locally. It's a great community that in the next 10 years will be amplified by the, uh, the developers that come in this area. Absolutely. I'm thinking about the innovation hub that also that's slated to yeah. go down just what one, two stops away from it the, is that Rice yeah. has planned down in the southern end of Midtown. Uh, again, a fantastic example of how this community has embraced a lot of the unique new opportunities that Houston has to embrace. Now, I know everyone's going to know um, when when <laughs> will the building be open? Absolutely. When, when so we, we, we broke ground in November of 2017 and uh, Hoare Construction has been under construction now for almost 
almost 12 months. Uh, we anticipate opening doors summer of 2019 and to be um, complete by the end of 2019. And we keep referring to it as the building, but there it will Correct. have a name. It will, it will. It's um, as you're probably aware, we've acquired adjacent parcels here for a total of about four acres in Midtown because we do believe so strongly in the community, and so consequently, we have a uh, a really exciting brand concept that we're working on, and uh, it's uh, it's got a little bit of Melbourne in it, and we want to bring a little bit of Melbourne to a little bit of Houston. Uh, you'll see that not only in our brand, you see it in our finishes and our very light, airy, modern take on on how we do things. A little bit, bit of Melbourne in Houston. A little bit of Melbourne and a little bit of Houston. All right, we look forward to seeing Derek LaRue, Chief Operations Officer with Caden USA. Thank you for being with us. Thank you very much. joined by Bill Baldwin, who's somebody who knows very well about the importance of transit and, and the role that it plays uh, here in Houston. And you know that pretty intimately because of your uh, role both in the business community and also uh, in terms of civic duty. Can you tell me a bit about that? 20 years of doing real estate in the city, I've seen how it's progressed from one mindset to today's mindset where people really do want to be in a walkable location. They don't want to get in their car to drive everywhere else like they used to. And so I see it, you know, actually every day in my role as the broken owner of Boulevard Realty. And then of course, my experience on the planning commission leads me to, uh, to, to really delve into what are walkable places and what can we do to enhance walkability within the city. So in terms of walkability and meeting those needs for your clients and, and what their requests are, what are some of the key things that need to be available to achieve that goal? Something to walk to <laughs> is really important. Can't just be residential. It has to be some mixed use where people you know, feel the need to want to get out and walk. People have always walked in residential neighborhoods and they can walk to the hike and bike trail and get around the city. That's not exactly what they're looking for today. They're looking for something to walk to, to walk to Buchanan's Nursery, to walk to Liberty Kitchen, to walk to Sonoma Wine Bar. They, you know, they want something to walk to. They want it to be safe. I mean, they want the pathway to walk or to bike. I mean, many people do want to bike. They want, uh, you know, they want a safe path. And in terms of, uh, again, enhancing walkability of our communities and neighborhoods, what role does having high quality, high frequency transit play? You know, our society likes to get on this little phone and text and check their email and Facebook and Instagram along the way. And, and high comfort transit options give them the opportunity to get where they want to go and do what they want to do along the way without having to worry about where to park or paying $20 for a valet or or having to even you know get back in a car after drinking. Who wants to drink and drive given the choice? If they have other forms of options other than driving, you know that's what they're really looking for. Or, or text and drive. Text and drive. <laughs> text to, and drive. Right. Who wants right. to text and drive if they right. don't but have to? But if you're to, on the course. bus, you can text all you want, no Absolutely. problem, check email, Absolutely. all of that. In terms of your business, have you seen a, a shift in terms of properties that do have that access to transit uh, and you know high high quality transit versus those that don't. 
Oh, clearly people want to live close to a transit option and a hike and bike trail. I mean, both. I think both. we've seen the activity in those areas. I have people who will choose closer to a major thoroughfare, a Studewood or a Heights Boulevard or 11th Street, as opposed to being further into the 200 block of Balin, you know, which is nine or 10 blocks away from it. I mean, they're, they're definitely looking for options with the easiest opportunity to have multi modes of transportation available to them. Some of that is walking, some of that is biking, some of that is metro rail, some of that is a bus. Uh, and in terms of the property values, can you t- tell me what you see? <laughs> clearly, I mean, clearly, even the, the homes that would have been undesirable because they were close to the edge of a commercial hub. 15 years ago now are the first to go you know and of course they've risen in value significantly i can't predict the future uh the law doesn't really allow me to do so but i see this you know it's it's supply and demand and you're seeing the supply doesn't really increase but the demand does and as as the demand increases people are recognizing they don't just they don't just want to stay in their houses anymore. One of the beautiful things about house styles similar to the Heights is that we had these porches and people tended to be out on their porches and yards versus in suburbia, you tend to be in your backyard. There's more connectivity. That's part of this uh, really interesting phenomenon of not only do people want transit oriented, they want this connectivity with people. They want connectivity with their neighbors. They want engagement. And so they're willing to have people park in front of their house and they want more people to walk in the sidewalk. They want this level of uh, of sheer community that you, you know, you haven't found typically in Houston, you know, in decades before. But you bring up a good point. I was uh, riding with one of our frequent customers just the other day and, and, you know, he was talking about how they knew, um, the different people that ride his route, they know each other. They kind of look out for each other. It's about community. Absolutely. You know, it's it's the engagement of walking the dogs, too. I mean, you're finding other dog walkers. You know, you're finding other bicyclists. You're finding other walkers. And so, you know, you're kind of encouraged. Activity breeds activity, you know, in my world. And so that's what I think you're seeing is more engagement than ever before. Certainly, there's overflow parking and there's a there's a bunch of different people who you know it's not my neighborhood is no longer made up of consumers from my neighborhood there are people commuting to my neighborhood that have never even considered it before and so it's kind of interesting the restaurants and the wine bars and the patios now have this certain high level of uh, community engagement that we didn't have before in terms of the future do you uh in this episode, we're also looking at a new development as well. As far as what you're seeing, do you think that this is sort of the trend? Of, of- oh, I clearly see it as the trend and the way that the city's headed. Our work in the Walkable Places Committee, about 22 months now, we've been working on finding ways to create a development pattern that favors these type of hubs these type of activity centers Uh, and i think we have to be clear the city's a big city it can't have one size fits all anymore but there are these areas of lower westheimer of midtown of 19th street of the villages and you know rice village you know that clearly people 
want to live by, that they want to walk to, they want to have a higher level of engagement. They don't want to pick up and just drive to Greenspoint Mall anymore. They want it in their neighborhood, uh, and they're they're willing to put up with higher density than ever we've seen before. So we're going to see some recommendations kick out of walkable places changing that development code. What I have found is if you have a 25-foot setback and one more strip mall and one more parking lot in the front, then if that's what your code reflects, that's what you're going to get. You're not going to get and ask and beg for people to come for a variance. So you're going to find some places where you change the code and they're going to be reflective of what it was that we really want in a city that becomes more and more walkable every day. And ultimately it's more sustainable. It, it is. It's, you know, it's the way communities were built 102 and 300 years ago. All of us that travel go to these cities around the world and they see this high level of engagement and they wonder why don't we have it in Houston, Texas. And the weather's not the excuse anymore. We have air conditioning almost everywhere people want to go and so I think you are seeing uh, you're seeing the result happen in a lot of areas like you know Midtown there you know when you're at Brazos and Bagby and all of those little activity centers you're seeing people constantly out and engaged you're seeing the mixed uses you're seeing higher density apartment complexes and condominiums being living in harmony you know with residential areas and creating these these hubs of activity that people find more and more desirable and more and more valuable so i think that's certainly the trend in the inner city there's a place for the suburbs and there's a place for higher density and inner city is really where the higher density is going to be well i really appreciate you sharing your perspective right now you said you're headed down to city hall and you're going to ride metro huh? yeah, i'm going to ride metro today <laughs> Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. I appreciate it very much. And I tagged along for that ride from the Heights to downtown. We took the 56 Studewood to the 32 San Felipe. The total time, including transfer, was about 30 minutes. We kicked back, continued talking, and let the metro operators worry about the driving. I'm Laura Whitley. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Next Stop. You can find all the episodes on our website, ridemetro.org, or subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or SoundCloud and never miss an episode. If you could, please do me a favor and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It'll help us out a lot. Thanks for listening.